Welcome back to the After Hours Podcast. I'm your host, Francisco. Got Joey with me next to me on the mic today. And then our guest is Stacey. Um, how are you doing, Stacey? I'm good, guys. How are you? I mean, we're doing pretty good. You know, just a little quarantine. This is uh, my first remote podcast, so this is fun. I've done I've done one or two, so just starting to get used to it a little bit, you know. Yeah, it's a little different staring at a blank screen right now, so. <laughs> yeah, definitely different than, you know, actual seeing a person, but. Face to face, right. <laughs> Well, anyway, Stacy, you are from the Pickleback Bar in uh, Marne, Michigan. So, you know, how is that going? And uh, how'd you get into the bar industry? The way we started the Pickleback, um, my mom was hired on as the front of house manager. It was over 20 years ago when it was the Pit Stop Bar. She was the, the front of the house manager, like I said. And when I turned 18, I started bartending there. And that was in, oh gosh, I'm going to date myself. I don't know, maybe... 20 years ago. So I started working there and I put myself through college and, um, you know, my mom worked there for a long time and managed and had a, a, worked with what she had, I guess. And then I graduated in 2006 from central Michigan. Um, and I was so excited. I was like, okay, world, you're going to give me a job. And of course that didn't happen. And I kind of just started going full time at the uh, pit stop at the time. And it just wasn't what I wanted with a college degree. So I actually went out and started selling purses and belts, leather goods. Um, and I eventually started making the products and that wasn't really what I wanted to do either. So I started working for a knobs and, um, uh, poles company, a hardware company, started off in sales, went to marketing. Um, and the month that my mom and I decided to buy the bar, I was offered a promotion and I was really had to make that decision whether I wanted to go into my degree with my mom and own a business. I, I have a entrepreneurship major. So weird. I know. Um, <laughs> or stick with what I knew and what I was doing good at. And of course that went out the window and we um, started the process, you know, my mom cashed in her retirement and put down the town payment. And so that's kind of where we're at now. And when you ask my mom, Janine, why we bought the bar, it was either work for ourselves or work for somebody else. So we kind of went that route. So Yeah, for sure. That's, I mean, me, Joey, and some other friends, we all started a business or two or, or three in this podcast. And um, <laughs> we absolutely love just like the entrepreneurial spirit. And we really don't want to work for anybody but ourselves. Yeah. And I think that's what drives, you know, a lot of people that are, you know, entrepreneurial minded and, uh, yeah, after doing this for the last year and a half, I wouldn't want to work for anyone else. Yes, agreed, agreed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I mean, that's that's kind of how we got started with this podcast. Is I mean, we do love you know just interviewing other entrepreneurs, but we do have a fascination with bars and restaurants because we do like you know food and drink. Having a, having a couple of drinks in the afternoon doesn't hurt, you know. Yes. <laughs> Cheers, by the way. I'm having one with you. Oh, absolutely, sweet. What are you having? Um, I am really cool, and I'm having a white claw. Oh, nice. Good choice. Yeah, Joey's favorite drink. <laughs> yeah, I, I won't say favorite, but they're, they're pretty good. I'm, I'm trying to watch the Kales now that I'm not working, so. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, White Claws are definitely one of the healthier options. A little better, a little healthier than the Budweiser's we're drinking right now. <laughs> Budweiser, that's funny. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Um, so you mentioned that you and your mom own the bar together. What is that like? Because I don't know if I could personally own a business with my parents. It's, it's definitely different. Um, in the beginning, six years ago, when we first bought the bar, we, we did butt heads and I, I know my place, you know, I wouldn't have this bar without her. So 
I do try to take the back burner to her and I'm strong minded just as, as much as she is. Um, but like I said, I know that I know my place and I know that she gets the final say six years ago when we first bought the bar, we, we bought heads a lot, but over the years, you know, we do agree. I put my input in and she, she'll let me know what she thinks. And we just kind of wing it, I guess I want to say wing it. And that's what it is. You know, you have to put faith in your decisions and, and just go with it and trust and and hope and pray that you, you are making the right decisions in, in, in the business. Yeah, for sure. There, there is no, uh, one stop shop for like an entrepreneurial book or like an entrepreneurial like guideline, right? Like everyone has to make their own decisions, um, you know, when, when paving their own business. So Right. I completely understand that. And you do, you just have to have confidence in the decisions you make at the end of the day. Absolutely. Yeah. What would you say your favorite part about owning the bar is? Um, my favorite part is definitely the relationships that I've built um, within not only my employees, but my customers. Marne is my hometown and I grew up there and my grandma and grandpa had 11 kids and most of them live in Marne and my, I have can't even tell you how many cousins I have, probably over 30. And so when, when I open my doors and I see a cousin walk through the door or an uncle or an aunt, they know this person over there, everybody just knows each other. So it's just, it's just a really great camaraderie. And my customers have become, my bar has become my family in a way. My family has quadrupled, you know what I mean? And it's, I already have a big family as, as it is. So it's just, it's really rewarding to see people every day. And to know them and to love them, like, it's very weird for me to say that, but I do love the people that I see every day and I get to know them and it's, it's just like a big, huge family. So. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, that's, well, that's like a recurring theme. I feel like with most bartenders and people in the restaurant industry is that they don't do it, not necessarily because they love serving drinks, but they love the atmosphere that they can create. And then also, you know, engaging with their customers and then also growing and fostering that sense of community within their establishment. Definitely. I mean, we, we just love, love seeing our customers and I love seeing my employees learn from me and communicate with my employee or customers the way that I do and get to know them on a personal level. So it, it's really fun to see my employees turn into me, so to speak. Yeah, for sure. Um, do you have any stories from customers that you'd like to share? Like what, what's a really good story that sticks out if you don't mind sharing one? You know, I've been thinking about this question for the last day and a lot of the stories that I have, I feel like I have like, I kind of like a lawyer where I have like this client confidentially <laughs> thing going. Um, so I definitely hear a lot. I'm some people's therapist, you know, and I'm getting these calls and, and text messages from people I haven't seen in two months because of the quarantine. And it's just, I don't know. There's so many stories and some, a lot of stories I can't tell you. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, no, you're fine. I understand. We, we talked about Martin, Michigan, and it is pretty close to Grand Rapids, Michigan, correct? Yes. Uh, people don't realize how close it is. It's, I live in Grand Rapids. That My house oh, cool. is in Grand Rapids, and it takes me eight minutes to get to the bar. So... Oh, wow. When you say Grand Rapids, it's a big, huge area, but Marne is not far. You know, we're you're downtown Grand Rapids, and it might take you 12, 15 minutes to get to, to my bar. So, all right, cool. Yeah. What would you say sets uh, your bar aside from other bars? Oh, goodness. I think we run our bar a lot differently than other bars and restaurants in that we don't have 
15, 20, 30 employees. I have 10 employees and five of them are in the kitchen. So I have five out in the front of the house that are bartending. I don't have waitresses. I don't have, bu- uh, you know, bus boys. We, we are, my bartenders are the wait, wait staff as well. So we, we get to, we get to do it all. We are our own barbacks. We are the janitor. We are the bouncer. You know what I mean? So you're not just sitting behind a bar waiting for somebody to sit there. You're always trying to figure out what's your next step. Okay. I've got a table. I just got a four, a four top over there. I've got five guys at the bar that are drinking like fish, you know, my bartenders, hmm. I train them so that they know their next step before they do it. So, you know, we on a Monday night, we can be we can have a great night and have I can have a couple conversations. And then another Monday night, I can be so busy where I can't talk to Brian, my favorite customer at the time. You know what I mean? I can't have a conversation with him that night. So I kind of train my employees to be entrepreneurs in, in their own way where they get to decide where and when and how to do their job. And it just kind of works that way. Yeah, that's great. Um, <laughs> but sorry, it's, it's like raining super hard out. Really? It just, the sun just came out here. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's like raining super hard. So I'm like listening, trying to like think <laughs> and then it's like just pounding. You guys, so. are, you guys are in Toledo? <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yep. Yep. So we're we're a few hours away. Um. When are you guys opening back up? Like your restaurants and bars? Has that been a? Actually, today was uh, the first day they were able to open back up. Um. They have a lot of restrictions. You know, you have to wear masks. Well, I know the bartenders and everybody you know behind the scenes has to wear masks, and then customers like groups can all have to be like separated. You know, so far away, and then you can only be at I believe it's. 33% or occupancy. Yeah. It's like between 33 and 50, I believe. So they're, they're just starting to open up, but I'm from um, other bar and restaurant owners in the area have told us they might be like a week out of um, operation yeah. still. I, I don't see myself turning around and saying, Oh, I'm opening tomorrow. Everyone like there, there's no way I can't do that. So I get it. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure you have to, you know, rally the troops and uh, you know, make sure everything's set up, you know, do you guys have food there? Yeah, we have a huge menu. We do a breakfast, lunch, and dinner, um, Monday through Saturday. And then we just do lunch and dinner on Sundays. Um, now when we do open back up, that's going to change. I'm going to have to, I, I already know I'm going to have to have limited hours, limited menu, um, you know, talking to other business owners and the people that I know and trust and, um, you know, I can sit here and plan for hours and hours and it can go out the window in a, in a matter of minutes when something else changes or something else happens or something else comes up. Yeah, I'm sure it's going to be really hard, you know, starting back up because you've never really probably had, you know, limited occupancy oh. or anything like that. So really seeing and adjusting your, you know, business accordingly is going to probably take some time. <laughs> and also Michigan too, like they just keep pushing it back. I mean, it's probably for the better, but it's not like Ohio where they just said like, May 15th, you can open up. And then I know in Michigan, the governor just keeps pushing it back. All right, it was it was April and then it was yeah. May. And then now it's May 28th and then it's June and then it could be like June 15th, you know. When this all first started, you know, my mom and I sat down. It was March 16th. We sat down and we just talked and talked and talked in circles. And we were there's we just agreed that there's no way we're coming back till June. And whether that's true or not, I'm not sure, but... It's just, it's just a scary situation. And, you know, I don't know, it's just things that have never really happened. And not not many people you can talk, talk to, to get advice or what, what other, what are the right steps? Who knows? 
Right. Yeah. Because no, nothing like this. I, I mean, it, there's been situations that have been close, but there's never really been a complete shutdown for this long. So there's really no processes and procedures, you know, put in place to actually get back to, you know, regular regular everything you know it is, it is kind of nice that i i am able to take like ohio has been open for since today and tennessee i think it's been like a week and a half so i can kind of get some information from some people in some restaurants that are what they're doing and how they're doing it um but there there's we're just gonna have to come up with a plan and figure it out from there so like I said, take that entrepreneurial spirit and just wing it, I guess. So um, I actually, yeah, so this is pretty funny. Um, I had a phone call with um, another bar owner earlier. We were just talking just little introductories and stuff. And, um, you know, the, the topic of COVID came up and I was just asking, I was like, hey, like, how's it affected your business? Like, what, what creative things have you done? And he said that he started going door to door. So like people that were um, like his, his usual like patrons that came into the restaurant and to his bar, um, they could no longer come out because they're closed in Michigan. You would go to their house, you'd knock on their door, or ring their doorbell and leave a six pack <laughs> at their door. There you go. That would work. And I thought that was the coolest thing. Uh, might be illegal in Michigan. So <laughs> you don't have to tell the MLCC. They're fine. They're fine. Yeah. <laughs> As long as he didn't charge him for it, it's fine. But yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure he did. But <laughs> <No>. you know, <laughs> how I knew it was real was with like COVID and stuff. Is I mean, I've been at the University of Toledo for five years, and I think we've had a combined three or four days off due to weather or anything like a business or not business, but like a school uh, having like electrical issues or anything like that. A total of four days, maybe over five years, and then they. In March, they just said, hey, don't come back after spring yeah. break. Yeah. Like, I've never seen anything like that ever. So kind of going along with everything uh, we're talking about, what would you say is the most important lesson that you've learned over the years? Ooh, um, I guess don't get too comfortable. You know, the pandemic could be around the corner. <laughs> uh I mean, things change things, new things come up all the time, relying on, on people just in general, whether they're customers or employees, it's just so, so different. And you never know what's going to happen. You could have an employee that calls in because they're sick. You can have an employee call in because their kid got hurt. You know, you, you can't predict what, what's going to happen. So just don't get comfortable. Don't think that what you're doing is going to be the same thing that you're doing every day. Because obviously, case in point, today I'm sitting at home on a Friday afternoon at 2.30 when I should be sleep deprived and going on my 60th hour of work this week, you know, so. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, we talked about, you know, the highs and uh, the highs of being an entrepreneur and owning a bar. But what would you say is your least favorite part? I mean, it sounds like you want to work 60-hour work weeks if this is the case. Oh, my right? gosh. I I never knew I had such a work work ethic until, until six years ago when we bought the bar. So I do love working. But, you know, my least favorite is, you know, just the the, 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 the sporadic things and situations that do, do come up. You know, if somebody – I have 10 employees. If somebody can't cover their shift – I'm going to cover that. And I'm not complaining about that whatsoever. It's my decision to ha- only have ten, 10 employees, right? I live eight minutes away from the bar. I, I did that on purpose so that I can live and breathe my business. And, you know, th- th- you might call it a downfall. People, friends and family might think, oh, 
Stacy can't come to another, you know, wedding or whatever was going on. But my life is my business and that that might be a downfall, but I try not to let it be, if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I think if you want to be successful as an entrepreneur, I mean, you, you really do have to put uh, like most of your most of your eggs in one basket, right? I mean, nobody just half asses being an entrepreneur. Like that's just not a thing right, you can do. Exactly. <laughs> and, and like that just goes back to my work ethic, you know. You buy a bar in your hometown where everyone knows each other if they're not related to you, you know, it's it's just such a microscope that all I could do was succeed. And that's what I feel we have been doing for the past six years. So yeah, for sure. Do you find that like being next to Grand Rapids and that close? Um, do you find that like a lot of people do come to your bar, like, uh, like on a bar crawl yeah, or we, um, if they just want to find a new hotspot, you know? Definitely. Um, the, the nice thing about it is that um, right down the road, not even a mile, there's the Berlin Raceway. Um, that brings in a lot of um, different customers People going to see the races or the fair that goes on. They do a lot of rodeos. So they'll come early in the morning for breakfast to go get their car ready or their their horses ready or whatever. And then they'll come in for lunch. And then, you know, we have we have um, people that come in from out of town to do the races too, like big names. I'm not a racer. Couldn't tell you who they are. But they come in and they're like, <laughs> I'm a big name in NASCAR. I'm like, good for you. What do you want to drink? <laughs> <laughs> So, but I mean, we see new customers every day and it's so cool to see how we've evolved and how our, our, our name has gotten out there, you know, just by word of mouth or just by Facebook or just having the fun name of the pickleback, you know, and having our fried pickles and, and um, just the fun things that we do. So. I don't think we asked this question. How did you get the name actually? how did you guys come up with that? Um, so I was on my, the phone with my mom right before you guys called and you know, it was, it was kind of a process of elimination and what made, made the most sense. The, the bar previous was called the pit stop. And obviously they wanted to do the, the whole racetrack down the road with Berlin raceway. Before that, it was called the silo gopher. And the silo gopher was probably the biggest bar in Ottawa County at their time. Before that, it was the Marne Bar, and before that, it was the Berlin Bar, and I'm probably missing some some bar names in between there. This this bar has been in Marne for so many years that it was just how do we how do we name something that can be successful? And having the name the Pickleback, it was just nice because not only could we sell the Picklebacks, and you know as many Picklebacks as I've sold throughout the years, you know it paid for the deck that we built. You know what I mean? So. It was just something fun and unique, but then I, I love working in the kitchen. I love cooking, and I thought, you know, we could do fried pickles, and we could do we could do a Reuben sandwich, and instead of sauerkraut, we could make our homemade a uh, homemade pickle slaw. Went in the kitchen, made that up. One of our top sellers is the pickled Reuben. Um, so we just kind of like uh, evolved with the pickleback shot and kind of just brought it into our business. Um, but I will tell you, I never want to do another pickleback shot ever again. <laughs> <laughs> when you said pickle, Ruben, me and Joey just looked at each other. We're just like so hungry. Like, I yeah, back once yeah my, my mouth is watering a little bit right yeah. now. <laughs> so, I mean, the, the previous bar, the pit stop had a Ruben sandwich. It was pre-cooked, pre-frozen, pre-portioned, um, corned beef. You take it out of the freezer package, you slap it on the grill, and then you put canned sauerkraut on. No. Now, when we we took over, I was like, no, 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 we're going to make our corned beef in-house. We're going to slice it in-house. 
We're going to make this pickle slaw, put it on there, put it on some nice rye bread, Swiss cheese, Thousand Island. And it's so different. It's so different and it has a crunch to it. And it's, and I know people like their sauerkraut, but I'll tell you, you have a pickled Reuben, you'll never go back. No, I want one right now. Yeah, when, <laughs> when everything's over, we're, de- we're definitely going to have to uh, come and visit and get one of those. Absolutely. I got the keys to the bar. Let's go. It's just the three of us. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So is there a reason why you don't want to do a pickleback shot again? I've done too many. I've done too many. <laughs> There's no such thing. Um, like if I'm sitting at the bar, my shift is over. I sit down at the bar. That's what my customers send to me. Send Stacy a pickleback. That, no, please, no, please, no. I don't want any more. So going off that, what is your choice of drink, Ben? I, I, I love, I like everything. So that's kind of a downfall, I guess. I'll, I'll, of course, White Claw's good, any kind of seltzer, Captain and Diet. Um, I do like craft beer, of course. I really like the New Holland Dragon's Milk White. I don't know if you guys have had I, that. No, before. I have not had that. I might have to try it. Like there, there's the Dragon Milk, which is a stout, and it's the very heavy, high percent. I think it's like yeah. 9 or 11 percent, something like that. Well, they made a Dragon's Milk White, so it's like a 7 percent instead, and it actually looks like a like a Bud Light when it comes out, but it's, it still tastes like a stout, but it's not as heavy and it's not as high in alcohol. Okay. Um, oh my gosh. It's, it's just, it's probably my favorite beer from New Holland. So, oh man. So if you're, if you're at the end of your shift and a customer does want to get you a drink or a shot, what is the shot that they should send you? Probably a shot that I made up. We, I call it a pom-pom. It's um, pomegranate liquor, tequila, and sour. And I, I know it sounds weird, it but it's... But I'm interested. The most, <laughs> the most amazing thing in the entire world. We sell so many that I pre-make, pre-mix them and just have them in the cooler ready to go because that's what everybody wants. So that, that's kind of my go-to shot. All right. Can you say it one more time? I'm about, to, I'm about to make one of these. So it's pomegranate liquor, okay. tequila, okay. and sour mix. Okay. Yes. Definitely have to try that when we get there, too. I don't think Frankie's will be as uh, good as yours. <laughs> Again, I've got the keys to the bar. Let's go. <laughs> we should have we came down. Our last, uh, our last podcast we uh, actually did in-house, so we, we, we should have came down there. <laughs> we dropped the ball. We dropped the ball. It's okay. We'll make up for lost time. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have to do like a, a version two or like a, a second episode, you know. Yeah, Whatever. round two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Round two. It's funny. A pickleback trip. Oh, yeah. yes. So I have a quick question. So how how uh, how far away are you guys from like the university? Grand Valley? Yeah. Grand Valley. Yeah. yeah. I don't really go to Allendale. <laughs> okay. But I would probably say like 15 minutes maybe. Um, back in the day when it was the pit stop, there was really no bars or restaurants in Allendale. And the pit stop was the place to go. So the pit stop was known for Friday and Saturday nights with a DJ. There was a fight every Friday or Saturday night. I was 18 years old, breaking up fights and slinging drinks. And so yeah, I think I think about 15 minutes. That's pretty dope. So so you guys uh, do you have a lot of college students that come there? Or no. Yeah, we see a lot of college um, students. It's. You know, Coopersville is really close, and obviously um, Coopersville and Kenowa are the big high schools around that area. The kids that are turning 21 right now, that those group of people, 
kids are starting to come in and they're all, all these big groups of kids are all turning 21 at the same time. And they're so nice. And I, I'm just so excited. Well, have been excited to have all of them turn 21 because they're such sweethearts. I just love them to death. And I don't know. It's a big Coopersville Kenowa, Kenowa bar. Oh, so. Joey's 21. So yeah, I'm, I'm still a, a youngin. <laughs> just 21. You still get ID'd? Uh, Man, most of the time. I mean, it depends. Like a lot of the bars in like this area, you know, we go to a lot. So um, we don't get ID'd there. But if I go to a new place, it's like there's a pretty good chance. <laughs> I still get ID'd. You're fine. You're fine. I love it when, when the 21-year-olds come in or even like 21 to 25 and I ask them for their ID and they're like, really, you're going to ID me? I'm like, you are a baby. I can ID you. Fine. Uh, yeah, I'm 23 and I still get offended when people ask me for my ID. <laughs> I'm like, all right, come on, guys. Like, when you turn the old age of 37 like me and you get ID'd, you're like, oh my God, thank you. <laughs> uh, that's funny. <laughs> that's crazy. I mean, when when you were 18 and stuff, though, I mean, did you get ID'd or were you allowed to just drink for free or whatever, you know? No, when I was 18, I was not, I, you can bartend in Michigan at 18, but you can't drink until you're 21. Um, so it was definitely, I don't know. I really, even to this day, I don't like to drink and work. It just makes me shaky and sweaty and I don't know. I just don't want to do it, but I'm not, I'm not going to say I've never drank when I was under 21. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe just once or twice, though, you know. Yeah, I'm from Marne. What else am I going to do? <laughs> <laughs> is, is that like a big city or average size or how would you, what would you say? It's probably like 50% related to me. <laughs> I really have no idea. It's a lot of farm town. I mean, we have the downtown Marne, quote unquote, where there's <laughs> my bar. Uh, there's a pizza shop, Rinaldi's across the street. Amazing pizza we have um, uh, a bank, and that's about it. You know, there's no stoplights in Marne. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I can definitely relate. Sounds a lot like my hometown. Um, there's a one bar, there is a bank, and I think a, a ice cream shop now. I don't know. It changes a lot. The only thing that is consistent is the bar and the bank. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we need. We need beer and money. That's all we need. Hey, that's that's true, dude. I remember we drove by your house. There was one gas station in the entire road. Yeah, there was like a lone gas station and like railroad track. I was like, what is it in the city, dude? Yeah, that's that's about all there is. There's one gas station, railroads, and then a bar, ice cream place, and bank. So I, I get where you're coming from. That's all you need. We're good to go. <laughs> yeah, for anyone listening, he's from like Britain, Britain, Tom Sierra. Britain Michigan to come yeah. see Michigan. I don't know. A lot of people probably haven't heard of it, but yeah. <laughs> um, I'm, where is that? On the east side? Oh, uh, yeah. Southeast Michigan. Yeah. I think I, I used to do art shows with the leather goods, and I think we used to do the art show out there. Yeah. There, there's a few of those around. There's a lot in uh, Ann Arborish area, and that's only yeah. about uh, 25, 30 minutes from where I grew up. So I've definitely been there. Yeah. And I'm, I'm from south of Detroit, like uh, Woodhaven, like Gibraltar area. I probably don't know where that's at. I mean, <laughs> most people don't. But- I've been north of detroit but not yeah south. it's it's like south of detroit like just north of monroe so i come from a little bit bigger um definitely not like metropolitan but it's it's pretty populated it's not not sticks or anything like yeah. <laughs> I, I think the, kid, the kids call it what down river yeah the kids call it down river these days <laughs> Fair. 
very nice. Uh, Down road over of eight mile, right? Literally. Yep. Literally. <laughs> literally though. <clears throat> and then, so, I mean, if me and Joey come in, obviously we got to get a Reuben, but yes. what is yes. one other food item that you'd recommend to anyone else coming in? Um, the fried pickles, obviously okay. we wrap those in, um, wonton wrappers and then we put swiss cheese ham and a pickle and then they're deep fried um normally served with ranch but we also make a house-made spicy ranch that's amazing um but also going with our pickled theme we have what's called the 16th ave that's the road that we're on um it's either grilled or fried chicken swiss cheese tomato pickle pickle slaw and chipotle mayo oh man i ran that as a special probably three, four years ago. And everyone that I served to said, you need to put this on your menu. So that's one of our top sellers as well. But after this whole COVID thing, I don't know if we're going to be doing breakfast. I hope we do. Our breakfast is by far the best breakfast. If you have a hangover, you want to go to the pickleback for breakfast because we have the best, just eggs and potato, you know, just good. But we've got the, we have got an Irish omelet. That's really good. Um, our breakfast burrito, our breakfast. I want, I want to go to the bar and get some breakfast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're, you're after, I'm getting food right after this. Cause all this food talk, uh, I'm, I'm like, I'm thinking of it now. I'm like, that all sounds so good. <laughs> I just, I really, I really do love food and, you know, thinking about it and what we can put together and what we have in house and how we can do things different. It's just really interesting to me. And I just love creating new things. So. Oh yeah, for sure. And, and speaking, uh, speaking of hangovers, what is your hangover cure or your hangover recipe? Um, the older you get now that since you guys are my are younger than I, um, the older you get, the worse the hangovers get. So it used to be, you know, greasy breakfast and a Bloody Mary, but that doesn't even cut it anymore. So <laughs> there is no hangover cure. You just have to feel it at 37. <laughs> Follow up question. Do you guys serve Bloody Mary's? It's like your brunch and breakfast. Definitely. Um, nice. Like Saturday, Saturday mornings when we open at 730 in the morning, any shift, Saturday morning shift that I have or my mom, um, we definitely get a lot of Bloody Mary uh, mixes going. Um, but it's really funny because like on a Friday night at 10 o'clock and somebody orders a Bloody Mary, I'm like, whoo the heck just ordered a bloody mary at 10 o'clock at night on a friday get out just go home i may have done that once or twice <laughs> <laughs> oh i just called you out yeah no, it's completely fine though i mean you know some sometimes you're just sitting there we, we actually have this local bar um jake's one of uh my favorite bartenders there he used to make a, a crazy good bloody mary so sometimes you know friday night 10 i'd be like Yo, Mike, can I uh, get a Bloody Mary? He'd be like, Yeah, give me a minute, because it's, it's like fifteen, ing- it's like fifteen ingredients. So like everybody else is just there, and then he's like whips all them out, and then another one or two people would be like, Oh, you know, those kind of look good. <laughs> and then he has to make eighty more. <laughs> uh, no, for real. I remember also one time it was like four p.m. or like five p.m. We went to a distillery in Toledo. Oh yeah, I, I got a normal drink. I got like a beer or something. And Joey's like, Yeah, can I get a Bloody Mary? Well, actually, this it was a distillery, so they had um they had this moonshine. It was called a well, a bloody mommy. Yeah. So it was a bloody mary, but with moonshine in it instead, with homemade moonshine. It was pretty uh, 
it was definitely a lot stronger than a regular Bloody Mary, but I still enjoyed it. <laughs> that sounds terrible, actually. <laughs> That's what I said. Like, I seen it on the menu, and I was like, there's no way anybody orders this. Next thing I know, yo, can I get a Bloody Mommy? I'm like, no. Like, yeah, I'm a, I'm a little wild. I, you know, I was like, you know, might as well try it, but would I get it again? Probably. Yeah. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm a big Bloody Mary, Bloody whatever, anything, like, mommy type of guy. I mean, they're I, – I, which is weird because, like, back in the day, like, before – I guess I can't say back in the day. I'm only 21. But uh, <laughs> a little a little while back, I was like, oh, Bloody Marys. But then after you start trying them and trying different ones, you're like, oh, these can be pretty good. <laughs> All right. Anyway, more about you. <laughs> um <laughs> I'm a bartender. I get to hear about you too. Come on. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I just don't think we're as interesting, honestly. <laughs> but um, no, I saw that you guys hosted a lot of events. You guys do have like costume parties for Halloween. You guys also go all all out for New Year's and Fourth of July and stuff like that. Um, what are your like? What are some really big events that people need to come out for? Uh, my most favorite event is our golf outing. So we do it annually and my mom used to do it for the pit stop. And the first year that we owned the pickleback, um, I just assumed that my mom wanted to be the, the, the person, you know, and she said, I don't want to do it anymore. I'm, I'm too old. I want you, I want you to take over. And I was like, um, okay. So she, she taught me and, and told me ex- exactly what I needed to do. And the first year went amazing and it has just evolved into the most fun day. I mean, we, we all started the pickleback for breakfast. We have a shotgun shotgun at 8am. Me and a couple of my friends drive around in golf carts and we sell 50 fifties and do some jello shots. And I just have to give a shout out to Western greens and Marne. They are amazing. They do everything that we need them to do. And it's, it's more of a customer appreciation day and I, all the prizes that I get, I reach out to all of our suppliers, like not only our beer su- suppliers, but I reach out to our my Cisco rep and Gordon Foods rep and I say, hey, I'm doing this customer appreciation golf outing. Do you have anything to give us? And then I go and I go and get like grills or speakers, like wireless speakers and stuff like that. So it's one of the most fun days and I get to interact and have a good time and drink with my customers. And then we all go back to the pickleback and have dinner. And it's just, it's just one of the most fun days. It's, it's a little, it's a little, um, challenging when you have a golf outing on a Saturday and we start at 8 a.m. and we get ba- get back to the bar at 2 p.m. And you just have like 80 people in the bar that have been drinking all day. And you have like a family of four come- walk through the door and they're like, oh, it's really loud in here. It's like, yeah, I know. We're partying. <laughs> <laughs> but that is by far. We are scheduled right now. Uh, we always do it the last Saturday of July, July 28th. That's what we're scheduled for. I don't know if it's going to happen, if our Governor Whitmer is going to allow big groups like that to happen. Um, but it, it is something that I look forward to every year, but you know, all the holidays, St. Patrick's day is really big for us. My uncle Mark, um, owns the Conklin bar and the Conklin bar actually hosts the shortest, shortest St. Patrick's day parade in the world. So they all start at my bar and then they go to my uncle Mark's for the parade. And then they all come back to my place for St. Patrick's day, which obviously we missed out on because, we closed down the 16th because of the governor. 
Um, but it, it's just another holiday that we, all the holidays are fun. You know, you, you get everybody in and people are dressing up for Halloween. People are dressing up for New Year's Eve, the night before Thanksgiving. You know, those are, it's just, it's just a great time to see everybody and to, you know, a lot of people come home from college or out of town that you haven't seen in a long time. And it's just, it's just, it's just a great community. I just love Marn. I really do. Yeah, for sure. So you guys started at 8 a.m. for this golf outing. I mean, yeah. I'm not I'm not very good at golf, but I definitely don't mind some day drinking. So if if I don't want to golf, can I still come through and, you know, just have a good time? Well, that's just it. I had a couple of guys this past year, last year, that they were like, well, I just want to go. It's like, okay, get a team of four. Well, we're not – it's a scramble. So it doesn't matter if you're good. And it, I remember working at the pit stop when the golf outing was going on and it, they made it out to be like the most competitive thing in the world. And guys would fight about who cheated and who didn't cheat and who won. So it's, it's, it's a golf outing. We do do a scramble. It's best ball. You know what I mean? You and three other guys. And it's, and as far as the prizes go out, it's all random. I don't want it to be a day of people getting upset at each other and quote unquote cheating or not cheating. So everyone gets a prize. We do give out uh, a little prize for like longest, um, longest drive or closest to the pin and stuff like that. But as far as like who had the best score, nobody cares. We're just here to have a good time. So right on. That's what I like to hear. That's awesome, Stacey. That sounds like a uh, that sounds like a great event. <laughs> One of my absolute favorites. I have all my customers there. They ask me to do have a second golf outing as soon as the first golf outing is done. And I'm like, no, you don't understand how much just went into this. So, Oh, I'm sure it's a huge, uh, huge thing to plan and everything. Frankie's more of, you know, like a putt-putt guy though, than an actual golf type of guy. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> would just murder you on the sticks, dude. Yeah. <laughs> no. Have you, do you even golf? No, never. <laughs> You'll fit in just fine. You're fine. Yeah, I would, I'd, I'll try it out, you know. I'd try it out for the, the sake of pickleback. Yeah. <laughs> no, pickleback I'm glad you don't make it too competitive because I feel like, I feel like you just, when people get competitive and they're drinking, it kind of just ruins the mood in my past exactly. experiences. Yeah. So. And like I said, it's more of a customer appreciation. I think I did – Seventy dollars a person, four four man scramble, seven fourteen twenty. It's like seventy bucks a person. You get a round of golf, eighteen holes. You get a six pack of beer. You get all the Jello shots you want. You get all the dinner at the pickleback afterwards, and then all the prizes. So really, it's just I don't know. I need to up the price. That's what I need to do. <laughs> I'm gonna say seventy bucks. I'm sold on that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so I know I know what a scramble is, but I don't think Joey does. What what is a scramble in golf? So it's a four man scramble. So each person in your group of four like tees off, and then you just take the best ball. So if us three plus one other person are golfing, and I have the best shot off the tee, mine's in the fairway and went the furthest. Then we're going to take my ball. So we're going to go pick up your, uh, everyone else's ball. And go to my ball and shoot from there. And then we chip from there or whatever we have to do. So Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Cool. Follow-up question with that now is if you do plan on doing a second golf outing, do you know when it would be in the year? If we're able to get our July 28th golf outing off, that'll be our seventh, excuse me, seventh golf outing. If I were to do a second one, I don't I don't know. Maybe September. 
Seems like good weather. I could I could do that. You know, be right? all weather. You know, I could just slam yeah. a couple of brews. Yeah. It's just it's just too hard to coordinate and get everybody to pay, and it's just I I like it. It's just an annual golf outing. Okay, I was just I was getting ready to clear my schedule just in case. <laughs> So, so an event like that, how long would you say it like takes to, you know, plan and set up and get all the, you know, get everything ready for? Well, I, I learned from the first year that I have to pick my date the day that my golf outing is happening. Happening. So this coming, if it does happen, July 28th, as soon as it's done, I'm going to go to Pat, the owner of Western Greens and say, okay, I want the last Saturday of July next year. Mm-hmm. So that's my first plan. I've got to start a year ahead of time. And then um, I'd say probably right in the last, probably March, I should be asking my suppliers for golf outing prizes. They give me t-shirts, they give me golf bags, they give me tees, they give me, you know, keychains and all that good stuff, hats, and some of them give me um, beer mirrors. So that, that I start to do probably in March. And then I'd say like two months before the golf outing, I sit down and I make like an event on Facebook and I say, okay, our golf outing is at this time. You need to pay by, by this time. And you can't just make a team without paying. And then two weeks before that's when I start um, taking everyone's money and going out and buying the prizes. I go out to a couple of the um, big golf places around town and buy like a bulk you know, fun prizes as far as like maybe golf prizes, you know, golf umbrellas or something like that. But I sometimes I go out and I go out and get like putters or drivers, just like something. And, and sometimes I'll like um, text some of my customers that I know that like to golf and I'll say, what what's a good prize? What do you think is a good prize? Is this driver a good prize? Is this putter a good prize? So there's a lot of planning and then we have to figure out what we want to do for dinner. It's not an open menu. We just do normally we've done in the past, like chicken dinner. So we'll do baked chicken, mashed potatoes, gravy, corn, roll and butter. And then when you come in, this is what you get kind of thing. So. Yeah, for sure. I mean, hopefully it's never happened, but what, what do you do in the case of like bad weather or something? Every year that I have on the pickleback, knock on wood, yep. we have had great, amazing weather. Um, in the past, obviously my mom, I think she was up to like 17 years of doing her golf outing. So what they do is they give everyone a free round of golf and then they just basically party at the pickle and give out instead of like the way that I give out prizes is really quick and easy, but I could make that a lot longer and kind of do like a present exchange kind of thing. So hopefully I never have to go down that route. We've been very, very fortunate with weather on, on Saturdays and the last Saturday flies. So hopefully that never happens, but. Oh yeah. Fingers crossed. So, so Stacey, yeah. I have a quick question. Is uh, the pickle, is that, is that a nickname for your bar? Yeah, I call it the pickle sometimes. Um, I don't know if you saw our mo- motto or our saying it's see in the morn instead of see in the morning. Yeah. Um, but the, this new thing my cousin and I came up with um, is pickle up. So pickle up. <laughs> but you kind of have to yell it. I'm sorry. <laughs> Good. That's funny. Pickle up. That's awesome. 
<clears throat> if you say you weren't uh, owning, you know, the pickleback, what what do you think you would be doing? I know it's kind of hard to answer. You don't really want to work for anyone else, and you love doing yeah. what you do. But I mean, if you had to choose another career, what do you think it would be? I would assume if my mom and I didn't buy the bar six years ago that I would have taken the promotion with the knobs and pulls uh, company. Um, I would assume that I would still be there because I had a lot of ideas and and had a good time there. And I don't really know, you know, I, it's hard to say where I would be without my mom. (laughs) And I do know that I own the bar because of my mom. So. Yeah, for sure. What's one thing that you would say throughout the years that you failed at and then you later overcame? I think being a manager in general, I was not great at in, in the first year. I have my, my major in college, it was entrepreneurship and my minor was management and you can sit down and study a subject for so long, but doing it hands-on is a completely different story. And just interacting with employees has completely changed from six years ago. So I think that definitely managing would be my answer. Yeah. I mean, I can relate to that somewhat. I mean, um, I do have my undergrad degree in healthcare administration and I've had multiple internships, you know, in the healthcare field and stuff like that. But, you know, whenever you go into a new environment and even like in the interviews, they ask you like, why are you a good fit here? And you have to be honest and you say, all right, I've, I've studied the theoretical behind, you know, the material, yeah. but until you actually get in there and do like the practical and you're interacting, you know, in real life circumstances with high pressure, you know, it's just completely different. And I think once, I think you touched on it is just, it's, it's hard to put into words, but once you do start getting those hands-on like real life experiences, then you can start to evolve and expand your skill set. Right. And people are so unpredictable. You don't know what you, what to expect from somebody until you deal with it. So the first time I had to, let's say fire an employee right. or, or, or an employee quit on you, it's how you can't teach somebody how to deal with that. And even like hiring a bartender, you can't teach somebody how to cut somebody off or to kick somebody out or to break up a fight. You just have to do it. You have to have the hands-on to do it. No, I mean, I I completely understand that. Moving on though, um, if someone else wants to start a similar business or start their own business and have that entrepreneurial mindset, what do you think that they need um, to have in their repertoire to start out or what, what can they do to prepare themselves for that journey? Experience. First and foremost, if you want to open a bar and you've never waited a table or bartended, do that first. You know, (laughs) you need to know what what type of industry you're going into. And the only way that you're going to know that is if you do it. Um, But secondly, is definitely having people around you and your your tight knit circle, not only just like your support system, obviously you need a support system, but the people that you go to with your business decisions and questions and pick somebody's brains. You know, I've got the most amazing business insurance gentleman, Don Champagne. He has hands down done and answered every single question without hesitation. You know, he's just kind of my go-to guy and just find your people that you know and you trust and that are smart and that and then obviously get yourself a lawyer <laughs> you know <laughs> make sure your business is legit make sure you're doing things right yeah for sure i mean 
It's it's not easy, and I mean, as as an entrepreneur yourself, and I'm sure you're you're always thinking of new and creative ways, and you know how to adapt. Um, do you think that you're going to have a new adventure soon, or do you, what what do you plan on um, expanding into for your your next field? We bought this bar six years ago. We the first year we put the new roof on, we updated the electric, we updated the plumbing. The second year we did the we replaced the entire flooring. 4,000 square feet of flooring. The third and fourth year, we put the deck on. And this past year, we actually remodeled the bar. So as far as our next adventure, honestly, we've done everything in that bar is new. Everything in that bar is what I want, what I want in a bar, what I've envisioned in a bar. So I don't really have like the next adventure because we've done these things over the past six years, the next hardship we have is reopening and it's, it's scary and it's going to be hard, but I feel confident moving forward. You know, I've set up the bar where I know I set up my business where I know that I can open my doors. And if it's in June, awesome. And if it's in January, awesome. And if it's in two years, we will, we will reopen, you know? So yeah, for sure. That, um, that is, I, I, I hate to use that as a scapegoat, but that's the reality of it is that this pandemic is, has changed our livelihood. And all I can do is focus on the things that I can control. Right. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, and, yeah, that's, I mean, it's just a question we ask everybody. And obviously these are, these are trying times, obviously not easy and stuff like that. Um, but you have made significant renovations to your establishment. What was, what is the one you're most proud of? My most proud renovation, it's a, it's a toss up between putting on the deck and remodeling the bar. Um, I think mostly the bar because it's so new my mom and I decided to close the bar down for a week and it ended up being a week and a half. We never closed the bar down for any renovation we've ever done. And there was no possible way we could remodel the entire bar and not have pop in a service station and whatnot to, to, to do the, to do the remodel. Um, but just to, to, to envision what I wanted in my head and to, convey that to our contractor and our contractors have did an amazing job and everything that was in my brain went into what I wanted. And, you know, just to see that. And I randomly bought bowling alley, um, wood from Chicago, had it shipped up to Grand Rapids was worked on by my contractor and that's our bar top. So like, just the random things that I've thought of and done just to not only just to save money, but just to have the bar be unique and be different is just, it, it's, it's very rewarding the whole, and to have the people that came in, we, we closed the bar in February. It was mid February. We opened up it. Like I said, it took a week and a half. So when we opened up the end of February from February till COVID, we were killing it. We, I don't, I don't know how I was going to do another week of how busy we were. And just to have people come in and see the the renovation was just, it was just overwhelming, you know? So I think that's my proudest because it, it came out of my head. <laughs> You've kind of touched on this, uh, 
before, but if you could give one piece of advice to anybody listening, what would it be? Only worry about the things that you can control. If it's going to rain tomorrow, there's nothing you can do to stop that. The only things that I can control are the things that I can control. So that's what I'm focusing on in this pandemic is that I can't control when our governor is going to open us back up. All I, all I can control is my business, my stress level, <laughs> my sanity, <laughs> right? Um, so I'm just trying to focus on what I can control. And I think that um, that, in effect, really grounds me in a way. Yeah, I mean, you you did touch on it. I mean, the, with this going on and people being locked inside for six to eight weeks now and stuff like that, um, what are some things that you do to just keep your mental health in check and just something else that, I mean, I should start doing or anybody listening? Cause I'm going kind of crazy, not going to lie. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm for the crazy first- to being with him for this long, freaking every day in the <laughs> office. <laughs> I'm telling you, I have keys to the bar. Um, so for, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. The first month that we were, clo- we've been closed for two months now. The first month that month that we were closed, I went from, 40 to 60 hours a week to nothing. And I just couldn't sit still. I couldn't, I couldn't pay attention to anything. I couldn't relax and watch a movie. I couldn't, I couldn't do anything besides do things. So I was, if I wasn't doing yard work or housework, I was at the bar. I repainted the entire back of the house. And my next steps going into the second month was to paint the front of the house. And my dad had um, passed away at the end of mid April. And it just kind of put a halt in my gotta go, gotta go, gotta go mindset, if that makes sense. So it really just slowed me down. And I'm really grateful for that because I'm spending more time with my family. I'm spending more time with my niece and nephew. And, you know, it's just, I don't know, it's just a weird time to Okay, be grateful for what I have and control what I can control again. So, I'm sorry to hear about your father. That's unfortunate. Thank you. It's okay. It's just different times having a funeral during COVID and not being able to be around the people that you love and whatever. So, it's just a lot of people are going through it. So, I'm not, I don't, it's not like, oh, woe is me or anything. A lot of people are dying, not only just because of COVID. My dad did not die of COVID, by the by, but um, it's just, it's just a different time. So, it's, I mean, it is, it is weird times for sure. But um, if we're going to be in Michigan and I mean, I mean, hopefully soon we yeah. will be. I want to come up for the the golf outing. That'd be sweet. That and yes. uh, yeah, I mean, where what is one other restaurant that you would recommend to anybody coming up to you know Grand Rapids area or really just anywhere in Michigan? Yeah, my favorite bar at the current moment, and it changes a lot, is the Holiday Bar. Okay. Um, right down the road from me, it's probably like four or five minutes away. Um, I don't know why I love it so much. I just do. The bartenders are nice. And it just kind of became my bar in the past, well, before COVID, the past like two months. Mm-hmm. And the food's really good. Bartenders are awesome. They have TVs everywhere. They've got Kino, of course. I like my Kino. Um, but the Holiday Bar is my, one of my go-tos. I, don't, I really like to go to like the smaller places, obviously. Yeah. Hopcat is good. I don't know if they're going to be reopening. 
I don't know. We, we, we do always have to ask, though, like what your favorite place is, because whenever we go out, we usually do like to make a night of it. We do bar crawl. We go from like one spot to another and um, stuff like that. But I will definitely keep an eye out for it. And we'll yeah. stop by your place, absolutely, multiple times. Yeah, we will have a good time, I promise. I'm sure I'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> but um, is there a reason why I feel like, because you just touched on it, is there a reason why every bartender has a favorite bar outside of their own? You know, when I go when I go out to eat or drink or both, I want, I want to go to the Pickleback, but I don't want to go to the Pickleback. So I'm looking for a bar that's kind of like mine, where I can go and I feel like I can be myself. I feel like the bartenders are interested in me and can make a conversation with me. And, you know, I, I want to be served. Those, those The bars that do like the self-service and give me a buzzer, you go get your own food. It's like, I want to be served. I serve people every day. I just want to be served. So I think like just, just the, the service in general is what I'm looking for. I, I want that. I, I want what my customer, what I give to my customers, if that makes sense. Right. That's fair. I mean, yeah. I've, I've noticed that a couple of times where we'll be at one bar and I'll notice the bar owner from another bar or something like that. I'm like, yeah. oh, it's kind of weird. Like it, I would expect them <laughs> to drink at their own bar or like eat at their own bar. But I guess it's like, I mean, musicians don't listen to their own music, right? Like, I don't know. Right. Yeah, it kind of makes sense though. You know, you can't just be at your bar and only your bar right. 24 seven. Yeah. <laughs> So, right. I mean, I'm not saying that I don't like to sit at my bar and have a beer or dinner or whatever, but it's also, you know, if I go to go out with somebody, you know, I'm there with them or a friend or whatever, like I can't go to my bar and sit down and relax because I'm going to get that pickleback sent to me. I'm going to have Randy come over and say hi to me, even though I just talked to him two minutes ago. You know what I mean? It's It's hard to... Yeah, I, it, it, I just know too many people in Marne, so it makes sense. You, you, yeah, you don't want to be on a date, and you know Kyle comes up to you or something like that. <laughs> I, I understand. Uh, we're gonna get into some of the uh, more fun slash uh, off-topic questions. So okay. to start that off. We always started off with this. Do you have any ghost stories for either your bar or in general? Yes. Um, so. The bar has been there for a very, very long time. The building is old. It's very old and very scary at night when you're there by yourself. But I've also been there by myself since I was 18 years old. So over the years, obviously, I've gotten more comfortable with it. Um, I do have a cook, Johnny. He always says, he'll like call me in the bag. Stacy, I need you. Stacy, come back here when you have a minute. And I'll go back there and he'll be like, were you in the back room? Like two minutes ago, did you say my name? I'm like, no, I wasn't back there. I'm, I'm out front. And he's like, I swear somebody was calling my name. He think, he swears that there's a ghost in there. And I don't know. I'm, I'm in there by myself. Two, three, four o'clock in the morning, lights off. I don't care anymore. If we do have a ghost, he's very nice. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I, we actually had a previous guest on the show um, from Georgie's 409 in Toledo. And he said that their ghost is, he's friendly and he's fun. He likes to like turn on the lights and be festive. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He likes to like mess with like the cooks, but no, it's, it's all in good fun. I guess it's a, it's a real, very real possibility. I mean, so. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, when we first bought the bar, our health inspector gave me like this huge long laundry list of things that we had to do. And it was whatever. It's just something that I had to do. So one of them was I had to replace all of the rubber baseboard in the back of the house. 
So I went in, I normally work Monday nights. I went in at like 9am and started to replace all of the baseboards. Right. And I got, I got more than halfway done and I was really excited, changed in the bathroom, went and started my shift. So my st- shift started at four. I got done at 1am after cleaning the bar and I was like, I'm just going to finish. So I go back in the kitchen and I start where I left off and I start getting over towards like the basement and I just freaked myself out and I just couldn't, I couldn't be there anymore. I left, I just left everything out. I locked all the doors and I ran out of there. (laughs) It was, it's just kind of eerie. It's just eerie there when you're there by yourself, you know, the the basement, I would never go in the basement at night by myself ever, ever. You couldn't pay me. Okay. Well, I guess me and Joe will check it out when we're there. (laughs) (laughs) I have people ask me to go in the basement all the time. It's, it's like, a time warp when you walk down there. There's like wallpaper on the wall. There used to be a bar in the basement and they used to call it the gopher hole. And that's where like all the arcade games were. And there was a bar down there. And it's just, there's a lot of like intricate, like woodwork down there. It's very cool. It it is very cool, but it's scary at the same time. (laughs) That's awesome. Frankie still has wallpaper on his wall. So not too (laughs) outdated. Weird. You know, I got some free time. I can help you take that off. <laughs> All right, thank you guys. I appreciate it. It's, it's just cats and dogs. It's a nice light blue, light, light blue font with uh, cats and dogs. So it's it's pretty cute. <laughs> Ridiculous. So where is one place that you've been to that you would recommend to other people that they should go in the near future? Uh, the pickleback. There you go. Yeah, I mean, pickleback's good. It's, there's no favorite, you know, like Cancun, Las Vegas, no like uh, location like that that you've been to? Cabo, I guess. Cabo's fun. Nice. How many have, have you you've been there before, I'm assuming, then? Yeah. My, when we started our remodel, my mom and I actually took a vacation out to Cabo. And we started our remodel on Monday, the 17th of February. And my mom and I flew out the 16th. And I've never taken a vacation with my mom. I've never, I don't know. I just never thought it would be a thing. But I was like, you know what? We're remodeling the bar. We're closing the bar. We never close the bar. Let's go on vacation. And we ended up going to Cabo, this all-inclusive. And it was the most amazing. The, the, the waiter we had, I can't remember his name, came to us, befriended us, Saw that we had the hangover the second day, brought us lots of water and hangover cures the next day. I don't even know what he brought us, but um, Cabo was absolutely amazing. I really enjoyed it. And I I probably enjoyed it because it was with my mom and I don't have that opportunity. I probably will never have that opportunity again. So, but Cabo is fun. I like all inclusive, but we should probably vacation in America from now on, right? <laughs> <laughs> for, at, least, uh, at least for the next few months. <laughs> But yeah, you know, in Mexico, you know, water, tequila, same thing, right? Exactly. Exactly. Cabo Wabo. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <clears throat> so we're going to wrap up the show. But we'll have, we'll have one more question. Okay. Oh, wait, wait, well, I mean, I was going to ask one last good question. All right. We can, we can each ask one more no, question. No, no, that's fine. You have a question. I have nothing to do, guys. Whatever you want to ask okay. me. All right. So I'll ask, uh, I'll ask first. So, what's the most thrill-seeking thing that you've ever done? A scuba dive. Never in my... I, I actually did it in Puerto Vallarta. And this was probably like 10 years ago. 
I am claustrophobic. And that is the first question they ask you is if you're claustrophobic. And I was like, what if I put yes? And they're like, well, then you can't go down. And I was like, okay, then no. Um, being, being underwater 30 feet and it's just, it's a, it's a trip and seeing turtles and eels and crazy fish and being scared of sharks and afraid of water in general is, I don't I don't know what, what came over me. I don't think I'll ever do it again, but I'm glad that I did it. All right. Nice. That's solid. I mean, have you, have you done scuba diving? Uh, I have not scuba dived before. It sounds, it seems like it'd be a crazy experience though. I'm sure you see a lot of wild, you know, fish and other creatures that you don't normally see. Like I said, just, just breathing underwater for 30 feet is, is a trip. You know, I, I would, if you're ever, ever anywhere where they offer scuba diving, I would do it. Just, just do it. For sure. Yeah. I mean, I've never done it, but it seems pretty sweet. Yeah. We'll definitely have to give it a shot. No doubt. (laughs) Um, I just wanted to go back. Uh, you guys do have like costume parties and stuff for Halloween. What is the coolest costume that you've seen? Um, I always, every year I laugh and every year I love seeing people dress up. I I just remember one of my customers, Barb, she's like in her late sixties into early seventies, her and her husband come in in full trench coats with masks on and Elle is a girl and Barb is a guy. And when they open their trench coat, they've got, they, they're not naked, but they've got their other parts on, if that makes sense. (laughs) So they were flashing people, but with other parts, but obviously they weren't real parts. They were whatever. But, um, also I feel like I did a really great job. I bought a, a pickle costume last year and so I was a pickle for Halloween and then the bartenders that I had working with me that night I made them I bought them pickle or Jameson sweatshirts so together we were picklebacks I did did see that photo on your uh on your Facebook that was awesome (laughs) yeah so that was pretty cool but I don't know I'm always the judge and I feel like I'm I'm biased and I'm like oh that person's a really good customer I'm gonna let them win but I don't know <laughs> I probably should not be the judge. <laughs> I mean, why not? Right. Our our favorite holiday around here is uh, St. Patty's Day, as, yes. as we call it, uh, St. Freddy's Day. <laughs> <laughs> Freddy's. St. Freddy's Day. Yeah, we're actually both. Well, we were in a fraternity. Yeah, we used to uh, we used to have a pretty fun time during St. Patty's Day. You know. What school did you guys go to? Uh, University of Toledo. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. We're both from Michigan, but um, we didn't even know each other before we came here. Joined the same fraternity. Still then, didn't really know each other. Yeah, I still don't really know him. Just spent eight hours. <laughs> with him. And, and, uh, yeah, well, I mean, we did throw some bangers, though. Yeah, St. Patty's Day around here. I don't know why. I feel like every, you know, school bar, whatever it is, has their own, like, holiday or, you know, tradition that gets pretty crazy. And for some reason, ours is St. Patty's Day. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> So you guys have to come up next next year for St. Patrick's Day. Come to my bar for breakfast and then go to my uncle's bar for the shortest St. Patrick's Day parade in the world. And then come back to my bar for green beer and Irish boiled dinner. You'll be perfect. So, be fine. so like how, how short is this parade actually? Because I'm like, I'm interested if, now. <laughs> if you Google, I don't really know. It's like a block. I don't really know what it is, but I'm always working that day. So I don't get to go. 
Um, but if you just Google shortest St. Patrick's Day parade, my uncle Mark will pop up and it's, it sounds like a blast. I'm so jealous. I never get to do anything fun. I never get to do anything fun. Well, but, you um, down, are you going to, are you going to celebrate the parade with us? Um, if nobody calls in, yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm sure on, uh, on St. Patty's day, people tend to call in a little more than usual. <laughs> Yeah, I might be at my bar, but I'll uh, I'll save some green beer for you guys. All right, nice. <laughs> oh, yep, we found it. I actually, I just looked it up. Actually, you did? Yeah. See, I told you. <laughs> Conklin Bar in Conklin, Michigan. Yeah, yep. That's, that's a like, Conklin St. Patty's Day tradition, um, dating back from yeah. 1988. Wow, that's a very old tradition. Yeah, my uncle Mark bought his bar, the Conklin Bar, I think five years ago now. So he just turned five. I just turned six and he turned five. So nice. Yeah. I'm just reading this. It's crazy. Damn. It's pretty cool. It is. It's a cool bar. Yeah. No, yeah. Now that we're college graduates, we can no longer associate ourselves with fraternities and sororities of, you know, well, I'm, I'm not graduated yet, but I'm graduated from the fraternity. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm close, close. <laughs> All right. Well, it's been a pleasure having you on the show and we appreciate your time. But where can anybody check you out on the socials or where should they contact you? Just on our Facebook page, um, the Pickleback in Marne, all three words, three different words. Um, yeah, I really appreciate you guys. This was fun. I, something that I, I get to talk about, something that I'm very passionate about. And obviously that's my business. So I appreciate you guys. Oh, we appreciate having you on the show. It's been awesome. And, you know, it's just a good time and definitely got to make it out there. So. Yes, please.